Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. All right, good morning. It is the 16th of April. Serious questions are being asked across the country and around the world um, about some groups of people that we think about from time to time, but we probably do not consider the circumstances in which they are living day in and day out, close proximity to one another, insufficient access to um, the kinds of, of hygiene that you and I take for granted. We have talked about those who are currently um, living on the streets and are homeless. We've also touched on uh, the concerns and issues related to refugee camps around the world. There's a rising concern here in the United States of America about those who are uh, in immigration detention centers. Those are ICE-enforced immigration detention centers around the country. Many of these people are asylum seekers. Um, They are, this is the same group of people that we have considered in the past in terms of family separation, family separation rules. There's also rising concern for um, aging individuals in the prison system, particularly those who are incarcerated for nonviolent offenses. Uh, And if if they had been tried today, their sentences might have been much shorter. Um, All kinds of conversations related to what I'll just describe as captive people in the midst of the COVID-19 epidemic. And so concern for the elderly and others at higher risk of dying should they contract COVID-19 in one of these environments. Uh, They are questions being raised by Christians. And as Christians, we have to consider, you know, what does it mean to seek to bring God's perspective into that particular conversation today? Uh, Here are a few considerations to mull over. This is not, by the way, settled thinking. I'm just, I'm raising questions this morning so that uh, as these conversations unfold. Um, and as you see news headlines where these issues are being highlighted, you will have asked yourself some faith questions uh, at some point in the background. So here we go. Um, when you're thinking about people who are refugees or people who are um, asylum-seeking immigrants or people who are incarcerated, just pause and ask yourself, do I honestly believe, do I honestly believe that Every human being, including all of those people, bear the image of God and therefore are equal in terms of God's affection, concern, care, the application of the gospel. Do I, I mean, do I honestly believe that, that all of those individuals are my equal in terms of God's perspective? Do I honestly believe in restorative justice, in second chances, and in redemption? Am I willing to accept um, those who are genuinely regenerate? back into my community as equals who have paid their debt and done their time. Um, What does it mean to seek the welfare of others who have literally lost everything? Here I have in mind refugees um, who have fled uh, groups like ISIS in places around the world. You know, what does it mean to seek their welfare for those who have lost everything? And what does it mean um, to seek the welfare of those who have fled 
in real fear for their lives, let's say gang violence in Honduras, uh, and who are immigrant asylum seekers. What does it mean to seek the welfare? Um, what, what does it mean to apply? Maybe we could think about it this way. What would it, what would it look like if we changed the way we thought about people seeking asylum? And instead, we thought about them in terms of like foster care, people who need a family versus criminals who need to be incarcerated. Like, how would that change our perspective? How might it change the conversation in the country? How might it change how we respond and act um, to such individuals? So these are the kinds of questions that are running around in my mind this morning as I read these particular headlines about the rising number of COVID-19 cases in U.S. jails, prisons, immigrant detention centers, and among those who are amassed at the southern border seeking asylum here in the United States. So what are you thinking about this morning? What are the headlines catching your attention? You can always let me know. You can email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com, or you can always text during the show, 877-933-2484. Next up, Ben Johnson, my Bill of Rights guy. I'm going to ask him to respond to a couple of headlines from last night out of Michigan um, and um, New Jersey. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me again today, Ben Johnson from the Acton Institute. You can follow him on Twitter at The Rights Writer. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you. Okay, so this is a um, this is a new a new segment I call Ben reacts to the headlines. Because I, I'm I in reaction mode. I didn't have this headline last night when we emailed back and forth. So you are my Bill of Rights guy. So I am now asking you to respond um, to two headlines. First, um, out of Michigan, the story is coronavirus. Michigan protesters defy stay-at-home order. So they blocked roads. They gathered on the state capitol steps in close proximity to one another with no masks, demanding the state reopen after Governor Gretchen Whitmer extended stay-at-home restrictions. There are currently 27,000 COVID-19 cases in Michigan. More than 1,700 people have died from the virus there. When we, when we think about our personal rights versus a sort of we-the-people approach to um, public health, can you just respond to this headline? Yeah, and of course, part of this is the backstory behind the protest, which is not just that these thousands upon thousands of people who uh, took to their cars in Lansing, Michigan, are asking for the economy to be reopened. It's really the egregious nature of Governor Whitmer's uh, decree in the first place. For example, she goes much farther than anything required by the CDC. For example, if you uh, own two homes, you're fortunate enough, say you have a fishing cabin uh, up in the UP or something, you're not allowed to drive from one home to another, even though you're not going to in, meet anyone other than the people who live in your home. Uh, also, if you go to the store, you're allowed to go to the store, but you can only buy items that she de- she determined are essential. So you're not allowed, for example, to purchase seeds. They're actually taped off, screened off, so that you cannot purchase seeds. For a while, this was applied to um, to car seats as well. So this is a particularly egregious order. These people are standing up for their rights and good for them. They're bringing democracy back into the state of Michigan. Okay, wait a second. Seeds, S-E-E-D-S, seeds like I plant in my garden? 
Exactly. That's that's okay. deemed non-essential. <laughs> okay. You can buy food, so it's it's. Okay. See now I'm on the pro. See, I just I just switched sides. I'm I'm not I just switched. This is why I asked you the question. I knew you know more than I do, and um, I've now just switched sides. Being a person who has now made two trip two trips to the co-op, uh, not only to buy seeds but to buy replacement chicks for the one for the chicks the dog killed. Um, I am I am a fan of the going and being able to buy the farm essentials. Exactly. This is this, this really is an essential service, yeah, particularly if you happen to live off of your farm, or if you live off of... Uh, or, this, if or if I if live given, off of your you farm. Can't. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah, go farmers. Okay, um, here's my next headline. Um, there was a Q&A last night between Fox News uh, host Tucker Carlson and New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy... Um, It led to a larger or it's going to lead you and I to a larger conversation, hopefully, about religious liberty questions being raised across the country. Here was the back and forth. Tucker Carlson asked New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy where he got the authority to nullify the Bill of Rights when he banned religious services in his state. Murphy answered, I wasn't thinking about the Bill of Rights when we did this. The science says people have to stay away from each other. You know, I was impressed that uh, Governor Murphy, who's a Democrat, went on Fox News at all. There has been sort of a boycott. And I thought that uh, Carlson did a good job treating him respectfully. But uh, it, w- the clearest thing that comes out of this is Governor Murphy needs media training. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that our elected officials don't think about uh, the Constitution when they make uh, art, when they make laws. That's pretty clear from the content of the laws. But very few of them are quite so forthcoming about the fact that they they are completely irrelevant as far as constitutional uh, dogmas are concerned. They have no interest whatever in considering your constitutional rights like the First Amendment, which was the reason the United States was founded by the Puritans in 1620. So uh, to me, it was a a moment of unintentional revelation uh, that uh, this is really the the heart and soul of what motivates a lot of uh, a lot of people. They do not consider the religious rights that every American should enjoy. All right. I am talking with Ben Johnson. Um, He is the rights writer. You can find him on Twitter. You can also find him at the Acton Institute, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G. When we come back, I'm going to ask Ben about these cases in Mississippi and uh, Kentucky and California related to churches um, and, you know, and the concern about gathering together in various in various ways. So we're going to have this religious liberty conversation Um, And then I'm hoping um, that I'm also going to have the opportunity to ask him about Pope Francis, who endorsed a universal basic income on Easter Sunday. Those two conversations up next. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm continuing my conversation with Ben Johnson from the Acton Institute. Um, Okay, Ben, we have religious liberty conversations bubbling up all around the country. We have some in Mississippi, in Kentucky, in California. Um, Let's just talk about the questions that are being raised by churches and pastors across the country in the midst of these COVID-19 orders, um, basically criminalizing church in some places. And uh, it's a national conversation now because the attorney general has intervened in one of these cases. So, uh, you know, the uh, the attorney general, William Barr, has said, uh, citing constitutional law, that uh, the right to freedom of religion does not evaporate at the church door. Uh, even during a crisis, the First Amendment still is operational throughout the entire country, but you wouldn't necessarily know it 
based on some of these uh, issues that we've been talking about, like Governor Murphy banning anyone from going to church. There was a similar uh, issue uh, in uh, Kentucky and in Mississippi where two, two churches wanted to have uh, a, a, a service where they broadcast their sermon. People drive in with their windows rolled up, and they listen to the sermon from their cars. Now, as the lawyers pointed out, there's a sonic drive-in just a few 200 yards away from the church where people go in and they eat with their windows down. The state allows that, but the state, uh, the local, uh, I should say the mayor of uh, Greenville, Mississippi, threatened to uh, $500 fine for anyone who would go to this service. In Louisville, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, the mayor, uh, Greg Fisher, also tried to stop a church service similarly situated uh, on this on Easter Sunday, and uh, great judge just uh, Justin Walker has just been named to uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. By the way, uh, said that uh, this is beyond stunning. It's beyond all reason unconstitutional. He issued a, a temporary restraining order against the mayor for the on fire church, and uh, his his restraining order is really something to read. One thing that he says is. He says, this is one that this court never expected to see outside the pages of a dystopian novel or perhaps the pages of The Onion. So uh, the idea that you can't attend Sunday services is uh, truly outstanding. I think maybe the best point in this is the fact that, for example, in the state of Mississippi, churches by the governor have been decreed as essential services, but you, you're not allowed to attend them no matter what, even if you're in the safety of your own car with the windows rolled up. It's it's something to see, and uh, this this uh, case has brought to the forth the fact that uh, the attorney general in this case has issued a statement of interest in the Mississippi case, but uh, and, and of course, obviously, Donald Trump has appointed Justin Walker to um, uh, to the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. But it really puts this issue of public public right and uh, public health up against religious liberty, and what are the constitutional barriers? What are the boundaries? Are there any boundaries on the role of the federal government? In a nation where uh, pro wrestling has been uh, deemed an essential service by the governor of the state of Florida and where drive through alcohol has been deemed essential in most states. So drive, getting getting alcohol at a drive through um, is is deemed essential. Um, Church is deemed in many cases and places non-essential or at least um, forbidden. That's a major. That is a major cultural concern that Christians um, and all Americans ought to be uh, concerned about and have their attention raised to in these days. We'll we'll circle back around to this in the future, Ben. I'm sure. Let's touch on this quickly. Um, Pope Francis endorsed a universal basic income on Easter Sunday. Tell us about that, and also tell us where else these uh, universal basic incomes have been tried. Yeah, Pope Francis wrote a letter on Easter Sunday to a group of community organizers, a global organization of community organizers, and he praised their work. Uh, but in the uh, letter that was signed by him, he also said this may be the time to consider what he called a universal basic wage in order to support workers. Now, in the past, he has talked about a universal basic income, used that exact phrase, and said that that's part of a, a human being's economic rights. Uh, the trouble being, A, that uh, from from a certain perspective, this probably violates other uh, statements from other popes on uh, Catholic social teaching. But nonetheless, the, the more important uh, issue, uh, or at least on a practical level for myself, 
is the fact that the universal basic in income has been tried in several places. Everywhere that it's been tried, it has failed. Uh, there was one in Finland where they attempted to uh, stimulate people to get into the workforce. They thought that somehow by paying people not to work, more people would work. The idea was that maybe they would go back to school, they would get more training, and then they would find a better job. Uh, in fact, after two years, the Finnish government, which is not, by no means conservative, found that this did not improve employment whatsoever among that group. We've even tried them, tried them here in the United States. Uh, in the United States, several cities, starting in the late 60s, or early 70s, all the way up through the 80s, instituted their own universal basic income programs. Uh, the two biggest ones were in Seattle and Denver. And uh, what they found was that the average person does not work more. In fact, they work quite a, be quite a great deal less. Uh, they didn't find measurably better jobs than they had beforehand. And that uh, in order to get people to enter school, you had to, you had to offer to pay for their schooling on top of the universal basic income you're giving them. And that when the people who went to school did go back to school, they didn't learn any new job skills. They, they were typically not taking anything that was, quote, job related. So they were taking you know, courses that were of interest to them, maybe the, the uh, you know, ancient history of Hungarian basket weaving or something. And, you know, they, they were fulfilled in what they were doing, but it didn't lead to anything productive, not to mention the incredible cost. So this is the wrong answer uh, to a very real problem. If you want to keep people from starving to death in a time like this, the most important thing we can do is reopen the economy so people can work for themselves and remove all barriers to work to the greatest extent possible uh, with uh, overwhelming regulation. In some cases, economic stagnation is a result of government being overly active in the economy. That's where we need to bring down the barriers, not to simply uh, institute some kind of new massive sweeping government program. Ben, I feel like that uh, as the 2020 election cycle unfolds here in the United States of America, um, I mean, that has certainly become apparent this week that not only do we have a Democratic, uh, you know, not, not just a front runner anymore, we have a candidate. He's been endorsed by the former president of the United States. He's been endorsed by his uh, most significant rivals for that position. Um, and this will be a conversation um, in, in the 2020 election cycle. And so I think that alerting people to this um, and continuing this conversation is just going to be really critically important. Well, it is, and, you know, particularly during this time where the government has shut down the economy. Uh, there's a proposal right now from a congressman from Ohio, Tim Ryan, former pro-life Democrat, by the way, who changed his position uh, right before he ran for president. He was one of the 24, 25 people who ran for president last time. But he has a proposal along with Rokana of California to give everyone $2,000 a month, every month, until the economy is reopened, all the way down to someone who is 16 years old. So 16-year-olds would get $2,000 a month from the government. I can't imagine the harm that they would do to themselves with $2,000 that I would have done to myself if I had $2,000 when I was 16 years old. But uh, this, is, this is a conversation that is going to be going forward. And, uh, you know, part of the uh, endorsement, I think, particularly from Bernie Sanders, is going to be how far left can I drag Joe Biden on the issues uh, how how institutionalized can I can I make my views of progressivism? And I think that uh, this is going to be one particular outreach. Uh, it'll always be said that it's going to be short term. But once you hand government power, even if it's supposedly for a short term, it never goes away. Ronald Reagan once said, 
if you see a government program, that's the closest thing you'll ever see to eternal life on this earth. Mm. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, as always, I, I don't know, it's just kind of sobering to talk to you, but that's good. That's good. Um, we need to be people who are sober-minded and have sober judgment about the things of the day. Uh, that's Ben Johnson. He is uh, tweeting at The Rights Writer. You can also find him at Acton, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. We'll be right back. All right, what are you doing this Friday night? You going out? <laughs> That's kind of a mean question, isn't it? Okay, so here's an idea for you. You could go out to your own backyard, and you could have a camp out. Uh, now, I I have heard that in some places in the country there's snow on the ground. I, I do not know um, any person who lives in a place where it snows in April. Um, I don't know any person in those regions who would be dissuaded from camping in the snow. You guys camped in the snow like in October. So why not camp in the snow in April? Come on. All right. It's National Backyard Camp Out. It's this Friday night. And up next, I have got the CEO of Trail Life USA to tell us all about it. That's next. Okay, so this is like the give back. This is the give back segment. So um, we do a lot of giveaways in the second hour. And if you're just a person who listens to Mornings with Carmen in the first hour, you miss out on all of that. Like almost every single time we do a giveaway, it's in the second hour. So um, we now have a really fun giveaway uh, and it's ongoing. And so we're calling it the limited edition bumper sticker window cling promo. That's kind of a long name. Uh, Be a part of Sharing Faith Radio's mission to share the gospel and encourage other believers. Uh, You can do so simply by requesting a free limited edition vinyl window decal or standard bumper sticker to let other people know about Faith Radio. Share the message of hope in your own community or right now from your own driveway. Uh, So you can visit MyFaithRadio.com, request your free limited edition vinyl window decal or standard bumper sticker today. You do so at MyFaithRadio.com. We'll be right back. have video games at your house. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. It's not bad to have video games in the house. Most likely, it's a lot of fun for the kids. And maybe you jump in from time to time as well. But what happens when gaming becomes an obsession? It started out as a way for your teen to hang out with friends, but it's become all-consuming, even addictive. Mom, Dad, don't let it slide. As a parent, you need to set up healthy boundaries that are age-appropriate. Like everything else that goes on in your house, keep your eyes open. Don't check out. If your teen can't balance his life on the console, help him find healthy alternatives. Want more parenting help from Mark Gregston? Find encouragement through articles, books, and more at ParentingTodaysTeens.org. Again, ParentingTodaysTeens.org. He is the CEO of Trail Life USA. Mark, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. It's great Good to morning. be here. Good morning. Let's remind people what Trail Life is. I, I think of it as the uh, positive Christian alternative to the Boy Scouts. 
Well, that's one way to think of it. We are a Christ-centered, boy-focused, character, leadership, and adventure organization for boys from kindergarten through 12th grade. We're organized in troops all across the country, about 840 troops uh, in churches in all 50 states, about 30,000 members. We're about six years old, and uh, we, we enjoy what you think we would, would enjoy. We're out hiking and camping and enjoying the outdoors with uniforms and handbooks and uh, robust awards program and great opportunities for boys to grow in, in uh, Christian character and leadership. All right, so let's talk briefly about how um, you guys have adapted to COVID-19 restrictions uh, across the country. Well, it's been so inspiring for me because, you know, trailmen are, are a resourceful bunch anyway, as you can imagine, for people who, who can't <laughs> camp out, camp outdoors, spend a lot of time outdoors. And and we we found that organically they they were st- they're still meeting as troops, even though a lot of churches were closed and they weren't allowed to, to gather together. But they had figured out some of these online platforms and and troops have been meeting and continuing to progress with their badges and and having their time together, enjoying their time together. And and then they moved it outdoors and they started uh, troops would camp outside, everyone in their own backyard, but they would connect through their phones or through their laptops and they would they would keep up their keep up their camping habits. And they came to us, reached out to the home office, and said, "Can we can we invite the entire country to join us outside?" And they chose April seventeenth, uh, Friday, April seventeenth, tomorrow night, uh, for everyone to to camp in their backyard. And we have over three thousand families registered now on the website, plus our thirty thousand members that are uh, camping in their backyards uh, Friday, April seventeenth. Okay, so we haven't registered yet, but we're going to participate. Our family is going to participate. We're really excited. Um, so we go to traillifeusa.com backslash backyard camp out. Um, tell us um, some of the things that are there, because I have visited the website, and you guys have all kinds of games and activities, outdoor cooking recipes. Um, tell us, uh, just tell us a little bit about the vision for doing this and what your expectations are for a family that would go outside and camp tomorrow night. Well, you know, we want to keep the expectations real because people have enough, enough stress. And so we certainly don't want to put on a family, now you got to go outside and camp and do it right. You know, <laughs> the, the idea is to have fun. The idea is, to, is, to, is, is to, to find a way to spend time with your family in a different way in the strange environment that we're in. And the idea is that, you know, what if instead of the, our kids having the memories that we're going to have, which is shortages and layoffs and this time of uncertainty and fear of the unknown, what if they remembered it as the time that the family camped in the backyard or the family set up a blanket fort in the living room and everybody uh, you know, got together and worked on building this blanket fort and we, we all slept in the living room? You know, that's the idea is, is to create create something different, a time, time creating memories for, for our families. And at the website, there's all kinds of information. Our, you know, We have 8,000 volunteers across the country love sharing their experiences and their tips and ideas on activities. Activities and, and recipes for cooking outdoors. Uh, there's also a map of the United States. If you register, uh, we've got a bunch of prizes we're giving out, and you can also um, uh, you'll see your pin pop up on the map for the zip code that you live in. You'll see that map is just filling up. Um, so we just encourage folks to to uh, you know set the night aside for some, something a different a different a time for the family to be together in a different way. All right, so I'm talking with Mark Hancock. We are talking about Trail Life USA's Backyard Campout. It is uh, tomorrow night nationwide. Mark has just mentioned that let's just say you happen to be living in a region of the country where, well, there's snow on the ground. Um, And you say to yourself, hmm, I don't think we want to camp out in the snow. Okay, camp out in your house. Uh, Build a a blanket and a pillow fort. Um, That might be more difficult to construct than a tent, actually, in some cases. Um, And so... 
you know, make it make it fun, make it competitive. I don't know about you guys, but we have been known to roast marshmallows and make s'mores in our fireplace. Um, uh, or over, you know, I mean, you've got all kinds of options uh, here. And so we really want people to get involved. By the way, those leftover peeps from Easter, those make a really fun s'more. So, you know, be creative about that as well. Um, you could have peep s'mores um, in, in, a, in a way of using up what's left over from Easter candy. Um, Mark, let's do a couple of other just uh, fun ideas for people who are, I don't want to use the word stuck, but it, it's we're now at the place where it feels a little stuck at home. Um, but let's say, you know, isolated together with our families for longer <laughs> periods of time than we're used to. Just give us some other creative ideas as well. I know this is sort of your area of expertise, innovative ideas for uh, for families to spend time together. Well, we specialize in boys, and, and my background is, is mental health counselor, marriage and family therapist, and so I, I'm very interested in what's going on in our culture and with our families today. And I love the stories I'm hearing about families that are having dinner together. You know, what a novel idea. They're saying instead of running off to soccer practice or or, or dance recital, they're sitting around the dinner table and for 45 minutes afterwards, sitting around talking and laughing and sharing together. So come up with some creative questions to ask at the table. You know, can you remember your favorite Christmas? What was your favorite birthday? What's the what's the best gift you've ever seen? You know, just those questions to go to go around the table. And, and that's a, that's a way that is, as families, we can we can bond in a new way. We also encourage you to use the outdoors, of course. You know, you're you're, you're allowed to go outside. You know, just, just obey the social distancing rules and things. And if you've got a backyard, take a, a portion of the backyard, a three foot section of it and, and line it out for your kids and say, here's here's a here's a shovel or a little small spade. Go work inside that three foot area and do an archaeological dig. See what you can find in the backyard in that area. You know, the grass will grow back, but the memory will grow forever of that time that, that, that they got to do the archaeological dig in the backyard. So be creative. There's, there's some suggestions on the website. There's a blog post on there right, right now that talks about letting boys be boys in this COVID-19 uh uh, time and there's great there's six great suggestions there for for some overriding um, thoughts about about how to how to manage this time and um, because we specialize in boys you know a lot of that stuff is directed to boys but it really works for the whole family because the stronger the family is the stronger that boy is going to be too okay so i'll admit to you being motivated by um prizes a little bit i'm now looking at the backyard <laughs> prizes at traillifeusa.com yeah. Um, I didn't even know there was a device that helped you unhook a, fi a fish from a hook. <laughs> well, but look at that. There's a thing called the unhooker. <laughs> no, I need. Well, no, I have. I have a husband who's so gracious to always take the fish off the hook. But I will admit to you, that's like a really good idea. Like, there's all kinds of fun stuff on here. I love that there. Um, there's a prize pack here from American Heritage Girls. We love them yeah. as well. We want to celebrate. So um, we want to celebrate that effort. <laughs> Hey, Mark, if you'll stick with me, um, now that you've shared your, your background in mental health counseling, um, can we just talk a little bit about the challenges that families are facing right now in, um, in this very strange time and, and maybe do a little equipping here on air um, for, for families just in terms of some things that they can do to both identify and alleviate some of the challenges that they're facing? Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to be talking about in this time. Great. Mark Hancock and I are going to return in just a moment. We'll be right back.
Continuing my conversation with Mark Hancock, he's the CEO of Trail Life USA. You can find them at traillifeusa.com. We've been talking about the National Backyard Camp Out. I am now uh, officially registered, so you are now, you know, with me in it. Traillifeusa.com backslash backyard camp out. Games, activities, outdoor cooking recipes, all kinds of fun uh, story readings. There's a ton of stuff that's going to be happening tomorrow night. You can participate in your backyard. You can participate by building a blanket fort in your living room. You know, the idea here is to do something a little bit different, have some fun, get connected with some other families who are of a similar um, heart set and mindset. And Trail Life USA is just making it possible for all of us to participate. Just want to just say thank you for doing that. Mark's background is uh, as a mental health um, expert. And so we just want to make that transition now. Let's just pivot to a conversation about many of the challenges that families are facing at home right now. I will tell you that in my own home um, yesterday afternoon turned into um, just a sob fest when it was announced that school is not going back into session this year at all. Um, so I have an eighth grader. He has special needs. Um, the idea that he is not going to ever see that classroom again or that group of kids. I mean, he's just devastated. So just talk with the, you know, talk about the, not just the grief that kids are experiencing, but what we as adults, like we process through that pretty quickly. I anticipated that in advance that we weren't going back to school. I had probably already done my own little internal processing on that. Um, and now he has to do it, and he has to do it in his own way, and I need to create some space for that to happen. Well, this is what we really have to be intentional about, about God's design for us as parents, is we have to set a tone in the household uh, that still reminds our kids of who it is that's in charge, and, and it's God. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, we may not be able to protect our kids from every difficulty, but it's times like this that we can model for them how to manage difficulty as people of faith. And so I, I know it's... T- oh, well, we've lost Mark Hancock. Um, and so we will, we will, we're probably, probably too late to try to get him back. Um, but you might give it a try, Paul, while I, um, while I dance, while I, uh, while I do a little um, uh, verbal, verbal dancing here to fill the time when I don't have a guest. All right, so I'm going to make you my guest here for just a moment. Um, I have had some folks who have uh, texted in today. Thank you uh, to those of you who appreciate what we're doing. Thanks to you, thanks to those of you who openly uh, criticize us on the text line as well. I'm, I hear you. I'm reading your stuff. Good morning, Larry. Okay, Mark Hancock, uh, welcome back. CEO of Trail Life USA. Let's just pick it up right where we left off. Well, I'm not sure where I left off, but I think we're talking about how parents can <laughs> you create. You left off assuring, yeah, assuring us um, or encouraging us that really the tone that we set in our household and keeping our kids mindful that, you know, God is ultimately the one um, who not is only in control, but who loves us and is the head of our household. Those kinds of, those are the kinds of things you were talking about. Yeah, well, this is, this is a, a, a great time for parents to uh, to, to really make gains in the, in, in the way that they're parenting and also strengthen their family. It's in times of anxiety that parents get to step up and say, okay, who, here's who we are. This is what we do when times are difficult. We may not be able to protect you from every difficult you're gonna fa- difficulty you're going to face, but we can model for you the way to respond in difficulty as people of faith. And so it, uh, we... 
All right, Skype is slipping in and out this morning, so I apologize for that. Um, one of the things that comes to mind is Mark is saying that uh, this this concept of being sure that you have established with your family who we are as a family. What is your family identity? Um, what are the core values by which you operate? What are the principles you're seeking to advance in the world? Um, and, and who belongs to your family? So that sense of belonging, that I am a child of God and I am a child of this particular family, but your family may actually, your household may actually extend beyond, um, you know, blood relative relationships. So who are the members of your household? How wide a net do you cast in terms of the people you include in your quote unquote family? How are they being cared for in the midst of all of this? So identity, belonging, and then purpose. What's the purpose of our family? It's an excellent question to be asking. I have a friend um, who uh, talks about the family being the uh, the crucible of faith, the, the, the place and the space where um, not only faith is cultivated, but a sense of identity, belonging, and purpose. And so we want to have those conversations. Maybe you could make a family crest. Maybe that could be an activity that you do while you're at home. And on that family crest, there could be symbols and images of uh, of who we are, the declarations of who we are and to whom we belong and what in the world we as a family are in the world to do. All right. Mark Hancock is back, CEO of Trail Life USA. I am back. I was loving hearing some of the things that you're saying. Those, those, those are some great ideas. Well, um, well, as you and I um, conclude our conversation today, let's uh, let, let's give let's give families, uh, you know, another another good idea, something else that um, that families could do in this time together at home that strengthens a sense of identity or strengthens a child's sense of security, um, you know, because it is about talking with one another, but it's also, um, you know, about doing things together and maybe even chronicling those things. Maybe talk with us about um, how how you're encouraging folks to share moments, um, you know, via photos or video posts online. Yeah, well, those are all great ideas. We, we encourage families to, to pay attention during this time. It is a time to reassure our kids of who's in charge and, and that, and that uh, even though there's times of difficulty, we can manage these things as people of faith. And so we talk to, we talk to our parent, the parents that were in our organization about taking the time to explain to our kids what it is going on. I mean, who, who, who heard, you know, three months ago, the expression social distancing, or how many times did you use the word quarantine in 2019 versus how many times you've used it this year? These are new words to our kids and they're creating anxiety when they don't understand what it is. So we have to take the time to slow down, to get away from our phones, to get away from the news news programs. If, if you're listening to the news for more than 20 minutes and more than three times a day, you're just listening to the same thing over and over again. And your kids are, are, are right there and they are they are 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 grabbing on to your anxiety. We have to take those times to stand in faith, be people of faith, take advantage of things like the National Backyard Campout and and ways to make uh, family life normal again. Spend more time at the dinner table. Spend more time face-to-face in communication. You know, kids need focused attention, physical touch, and eyeball-to-eyeball, eye, eye contact, and communication. So make sure we're listening to them during this time and that we're not listening to everything else that's going on around us. They need that kind of reassurance that everything is okay. Mark, um, thank you so much um, for your input today, but also just for what you're doing day in and day out at Trail Life USA. We want to encourage people to visit the website, traillifeusa.com. Join the Backyard Camp Out. It's happening tomorrow night. You register online. Um, There's all kinds of really fun prizes and prize packs, but the real prize, the real prize will be the time that we each get to spend with our kids, with our families, either in our backyards or in those blanket forts in our living rooms. For those of you living in places where there's snow on the ground right now, 
Um, and this might be a really uh, a fun thing to consider making just a part of the, the regular rhythm of your life. And you could do that by joining a joining a Trail Life USA troop. So you can just go to findatroop.com if you want to find a troop near you as well. Um, and, and again, we want to um, we want to be mindful that, hey, there are programs out there for girls as well. And um, my, my American Heritage Girls, I wanted to say it correctly. American Heritage Girls, if you've got girls, sort of the female compliment to Trail Life USA. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. You have a great day and stay warm up there. <laughs> All right. We appreciate it. We'll be right back. All right, I'm going to encourage everybody today to take a deep breath. I have some uh, <clears throat> some breathless criticism today from some listeners, and I want everybody to take a deep breath. It's just not healthy to scream and yell, especially in a text message. Um, I just want to encourage us, friends, to ass- don't assume the worst. Uh, and don't assume that one conversation is the sum total of a person's viewpoint. Like, that that reduces a person... Um, in ways that are just not appropriate. So uh, let's not let's not reduce one another today. Instead, let's build one another up. How can I encourage you in the faith? How can I encourage you in your walk of faith? How can I encourage you to worry less about whether or not you're red or blue um, and more about whether or not uh, you are representing Christ in the world in a way that honors God, all right? Because that's who we are. That's what we do. That's our value system. That's our kingdom. Those are our perspectives. That's what in the world we're in the world to do. We got another hour of mornings with Carmen up next. Peter Kapsner is probably already on the line. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.